morning and welcome everybody to a special edition of Work Human Radio. My name is Mike Wood and I am joined by a very special guest today, my daughter Emma, since we were all on lockdown. Emma, how old are you? Four. Have you been having fun with daddy working at home? Yes. Is it tough when daddy has to work a little bit at home and you want to play? Yeah. So, Emma, that was a wonderful segue for our discussion today. We are sitting down with Steve Pemberton, our CHRO, Lauren Zajac, our chief human research, Lauren Zajac, our chief legal officer. I'm getting raspberries for daddy. Yeah, you're, you're giving raspberries on my arm. And uh, Derek Irvine, who is our senior vice president of strategy and consulting about how to be productive at work with a house full of kids. Can you give everybody a raspberry for daddy? Because that's what you've been doing. <laughs> that wasn't that good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So how to be productive at work while your four-year-old is giving you raspberries. So enjoy. Tell them to enjoy the episode. Bye. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Pemberton, the Chief Human Resources Officer at Work Human. Today, for our Keeping Work Human series, I'm here with my colleagues, Derek Irvine, Senior Vice President of Client Strategy and Consulting at Work Human, and Lauren Zajak, the Chief Legal Officer at Work Human. Uh, although we're spending a lot of our time uh, talking about all of the impact that this is having uh, on the company that is Work Human from a people standpoint and from a business standpoint. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about today because the three of us uh, all have children at home uh, and relatively newly arrived. So what we want to do is talk a bit about keeping it human, not necessarily as professionals, but as working humans in these uncertain times. So hi, Lauren. Hi, Derek. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hanging in there. Yeah, like literally. Like, how are yeah, you? Yeah, literally. No, think about it. We, we, that's a common form of greeting, like, how are you? And you always give us kind of standard response, right? This time, it means a lot more. It's going to mean a lot more when you ask someone, like, like how are you? Um, Absolutely. Or, how, how, like, literally, how are you? <laughs> Well, I, I, uh, I am the single parent of three teenagers who now are asking me when they will go back to school, which I never thought I would hear out of their mouths. Um, so it's certainly unprecedented times. Um, as a single parent, I'm used to juggling work and, and home, but, but juggling a full-time schedule and homeschooling is, is a challenge that I have not seen before. Mm-hmm. How about you, Derek? Yeah, holding in there. I mean, I'm living in Spain, as uh, many people know. So we're uh, we're a couple of weeks ahead, I think, of what's happening now in the United States. We've been in emergency state for uh, two weeks, uh, but thankfully everybody is good. Everybody is well. Uh, we've adjusted to the new normal. I think the kind of the panic level that was there right in the beginning has gone down a bit as you adjust to that new normal. So um, uh, we're uh, although one thing that really strikes me. You know, I'm, I, I love to say hello humans at the beginning of every um, conference or session that I'm at. And I think, as you said, Steve, and now, uh, Steve, uh, now more than ever, you know, realizing that we are all humans and that we're in this together, it's, uh, it's super, super important. And one of the things that I've really been struck by here in Spain is that at seven o'clock every evening, everybody comes out to their balcony or their front door and there's a huge round of applause for the people that are in the, the front line, the medic staff, um, and, and all of the other people from supermarket workers and funeral uh, caretakers. It's a huge round of applause for everybody that's directly in, involved. And, and I think that really is a very 
uh, human moment that reminds us of uh, we're all in this together. Yeah, a- absolutely. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the long-term you know, impact this is going to have on, on humanity. You know, for, for each of you, when did this realization that this was not uh, going to be a normal time, do you remember the moment when that happened? I think for me, it was the first announcement um, here in Massachusetts that that the school closures would be to to an initial date in April, and then obviously we yesterday had had an announcement that schools will be closed at least until May. Um, that for me was was the realization that that this continued juggling act will go on for some time. Mm. Yeah, I think I mean every, everybody. We all saw what was happening in China, and to some extent, it felt like you know that's really concerning. But it seems under control. Such you know uh, uh, dramatic and strong measures. But then suddenly, in Italy, I think for me, when I started to see what was happening in Italy, that we're so close, we're so interconnected. There's so many flights. Um, you know, you could see this is this is going to come all the way across the globe. Mm. So for me, I think it started to feel right on our doorstep when, when, when things began in Italy. Yeah, watching it, you know, initially all of us, you know, watching it from a distance, uh, you know, it was this kind of realization that it was moving both, both east and west at, at the same time. Um, and so it came to the western coast of the United States, but largely through, through China and then uh, sure. the eastern part of, of Europe towards the U.S. It was, uh, and then all of a sudden becomes you know, exactly, um, you know, what it is. Um, you, you both, you know, kind of hinted at, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, work life taking on a whole new meaning, which is part of what we've been talking about as part of the Keeping Work Human series. We've had to get adjusted to a new way of engaging and intera- interacting. Uh, Derek, give me, give me a day in, in the life uh, with this new normal. Sure. So, you know, I mean, I do, I did travel a lot. And at first I kind of thought, whoa, maybe this is going to be a little bit of a break, an opportunity to connect with the kids at a different level. But what I completely didn't realize until it all kicked in was that I needed to become the teacher, the gym instructor, you know, the extracurricular organizer. It's all on our shoulders now as parents too. So, you know, any sense of a break went completely out the window. I've never been busier. I would say, quite honestly. And I think, you know, that's the one big thing, you know, for parents, especially is our, that our organizations appreciate everybody's double, treble jobbing, you know, as in, in this situation. And that's, that, that's bound to take its toll. So a typical day. Uh, and I think that's one of my secret, uh, how we're succeeding is routine. Uh, we decided to open our own school. Uh, daddy and Papa school. Uh, we're, we're, we're a same-sex couple, but it's Daddy and Papa school. And we have our, our own logo and, and thing like that. Uh, and we have a distinct routine. And, and one of the things we do every day is we, you know, drawing pictures is really important. I have five and six-year-olds. So this is their interpretation of uh, Daddy and Papa school. And all of them in Daddy and Papa school. Uh, and a typical day starts with, uh, you know, and, it, and we do the same every, all day. Uh, there's breakfast, followed by homework, followed by a gym session, uh, followed by rollerblading. Uh, and in fact, there's a wonderful little video that if I, if I pause for a moment, maybe we can start yeah, in rollerblading because it's, it, it's very good fun. So you can see the kids are having a lot of fun. The rollerblading is new. Uh, then there's relax, there's chill out, there's lunch. 
Something that's very common in Spain is siesta. And the secret seems to be lots of activity, lots of food, and then they rest. <laughs> and that allows me to get back to work. Uh, then we have toy time, homework again, TV in the evening, dinner, TV and chill. And we're just pressing the repeat button. <laughs> I think you know, for young kids at that age, certainly everybody has had kids at that age, you appreciate routine seems to be a, a secret sauce. Sure. Laura, what's that like for you? Yeah, so I have three teenagers, although we, we share that we have twins. So the benefit of, of my twin 12-year-olds is that they have each other to play with. Um, we are certainly focusing on routine. It, it is more difficult when you have teenagers that, that have their own minds and have their own desires. One of the things that I have done is um, we certainly we have online learning. So um, to arrange the time when they are responsible to undertake their on online learning, in the morning when I have most of my routine calls and then to sort of hold the afternoon to get outside, to do our gym sessions, to do biking and walking and those kinds of things seems to have helped. The other thing I've done, and, and this is being a single parent, and you re referenced it, Derek, the, the amount of keeping up with the rest of, of you, what you have to do to keep a house, right? The dishes and the cleaning and all of those things. So I have deputized each of my children with an area of responsibility and they take a lot of pride in one's responsible for walking the dog every day and one's responsible for picking up the vacuum and, and cleaning up the, their areas. Um, it's definitely helping. It's not so much a routine, but more an area of responsibility on top of their online learning and getting outside. It's definitely helping us to keep sane. I think that's a great point to emphasize that. It's, it, you know, this can be an opportunity for all of our kids to step up and to do something new that they didn't do before. Uh, and likewise, we've been encouraging that table setting and the tidying up, and even for the youngsters, it works too. Yeah, we, we've actually kept a, a running list of things that we are doing that we have not done, and to be quite candid, probably would not have done. Um, I went on a 10-mile bike ride with my wife yesterday. Hadn't done that in over 20 years. Uh, my uh, two uh, older boys, we were on the roof of our shed using a chainsaw and cutting down a tree that had begun leaning onto the structure. Would have never done that. I, to be honest, in a very hectic, busy world, probably would have hired somebody to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Yesterday, you know, switching out uh, light switches, would have hired an electrician to do that. There's a lot of things you know how to do, you just don't have time to do. Um, and it becomes this great way to also you know, kind of instruct uh, uh, your, your, your kids, you know, at the same time. Um, and uh, doing the same uh, with our daughter, went on a run with her. Uh, couldn't keep up with her, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is a great time, um, you know, to kind of reconnect in ways. And which lead me to just a broader question. I know that we've, we, we often talk about this at, at our you know, leadership offsites or just uh, in one-off conversations that we have. But in many ways, it seems like the, what the three of us are doing as, as parents uh, is almost a reflection of what humanity is now having to do. And um, I just want to get your thoughts about the longer-term impact of what you think this will mean to uh, community, you know, to family, to connection. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is without any shadow of a doubt going to change us, change society. And I'm ever optimistic that it's going to change us for the better. I think, as we said at the outset, um, you know, it's been a, 
an opportunity to put our hand back on the source, as it were, the source of our humanity. Uh, and I think touching and feeling that source of the humanity, you know, has been maybe for some surprising, panicking. But, you know, if you use that energy for positive good, you use that energy as a way to think, how can I now, you know, make change happen in my society so that we maybe don't end up in a, a similar crisis? Um, also, maybe that we do work together better as a family with new connections or helping our neighbors more, uh, but also being conscious of the type of economy that we put back together after this. That we don't have to go back to exactly where our economies were before. We do, I feel, going forward, and you know, it's a number of weeks out maybe before people feel capable of having these types of thoughts, uh, but they're going to come. You know, what type of economy do we want in the future? Something more sustainable, something more human in its touch. So I, I think, you know, this can change us actually all for the better. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lauren? I, I think all of those, I agree with all of those sentiments. I mean, for me, I think, you know, we are lucky in that we live in this world of human connection in our, through our work at Work Human. Um, but certainly one of the things I've seen um, is in, in social distancing and being in our homes and in dealing with the folks that I know that are self-quarantining, the, the sense of community that this is built. And, and, you know, I think we always have in the back of our minds that our friends and our family and our local communities are important to us. But this whole process has just emphasized that. I've had so many conversations with similarly situated parents to, to myself and, and folks that are kind of juggling new challenges. And the conversations that I've had with those folks have been deeper and more meaningful. And you just have such an, an amount of gratitude for the people that are in your life. And it's such a great, for me, confluence of the things that we do every day at Work Human mm-hmm. and, and take, being able to take the time in your personal life to, to sort of express that gratitude and be really grateful for the connections and the community that you have surrounding you. Yeah, it seems like maybe for the better part of a decade, if not longer, we've been lost in this maze of dissonance and negativity, relentless division, purposeful division, actually. Uh, and now uh, we're, we're seeing a couple of things. I think one, that that leads to no good end. Nothing's achieved by that. Um, and in many ways, it kind of, you know, it, it pauses humanity and not in a good way. And I think this kind of overabundance of attention uh, on celebrity, uh, on um, notoriety, uh, is all is irrelevant now when you're up against something that does not care about any of those things. It doesn't care if you're black, white, gay, straight, Democrat, Republican, disabled, differently able, doesn't care. Uh, And in addition, I'm, I'm hopeful that when we review how we got through this, what will also emerge out of that is an extraordinary appreciation for those who are largely not seen in society uh, or whose roles are taken for granted, teachers, nurses, um, hourly workers, retail workers, who really are standing up society today. Well, you know, you have so many leaders who are behind podiums uh, or those of us who are behind screens and these folks are getting up every day and going literally to the front lines 
and then have another variable to deal with in terms of returning back home, uh, concerned about some exposure that they might have had and might have brought, you know, to the, to their family. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll we'll have a renewed focus and be grateful for their roles, you know, in, in, in particular. And I think when we when you hear more and more of these stories that are coming from all across the world, people are doing some extraordinary things just to keep humanity moving forward. Uh, it, it kind of um, it, it makes me say that maybe you know against the great wall of heroism we've been placing uh, the wrong putting the wrong people on the ladder, uh, and maybe it's time for some of these folks, uh, which is what Derek you were describing in Maine. It's pretty much what they're saying is no these are these are our heroes, um, mm-hmm. and in all of our families we have people like that actually either immediately. Uh, or in our history, we you know someone who was on you know the front lines and responding maybe in a time of depression or war, or other times when humanity uh, was was, uh, was was challenged. Uh, so optimism abounds for sure. I want to ask a bit uh, about your your own you know kind of you know self care because you know we're all thrust now into moments where we've got to care for an extended family uh care for our children who who are now home you know how are you able to kind of find some time yourself we both of all three of us are leading teams remotely providing guidance and direction uh where and how are you finding the time to keep uh, uh your tank um uh running on as <laughs> as much fuel as possible sure so- I have always um, meditated. I've talked some about it. Um, It's one of the things that in witnessing gratitude through my work, um, I started bringing it into my home life. And so I definitely meditate with a gratitude kind of angle every morning. I've doubled down for sure in trying to both begin my day and end my day with that. But the other thing that I started with my children, which thankfully I started well before we were in this crisis, was a daily gratitude practice, just a quick and and easy, what are you grateful for? And we usually do it around the dinner table. But one of the things I've been doing now with them is is to sort of, we don't watch the news a whole lot in our house. We try to kind of keep some of the panic and concern down, but we certainly reflect on a couple of exactly what you were referencing, Steve, some frontline stories and folks that are having to deal with it in different ways than we are. Um, and and express our gratitude that we have the situation that we're in um, and that we have each other to take care of and care for. And it's certainly helping both to lift my spirits and to keep my my children kind of focused and and calm. Mm. Um, I mean, I agree with all those great ideas. Uh, From from my perspective, one of the things that I found that's new actually is that in between where I'm on a, a video call, is to put on some music in the background so that and one of the reasons why I've discovered it's important is because when I'm not on duty looking after the kids, it's important not to be able to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise it feels like you're still on duty. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I put on some music in the background while I work away on emails or I'm preparing a presentation or something. Uh, and that helps me feel like as if I'm getting a separation of, of times. Um, so music, unplugging, coffee breaks is something that I've also found really good, you know, coming out of the office, going to see the kids with my coffee, um, mm-hmm. uh, saying hi to daddy at the same time, hopefully not getting a long list of complaints. Um, <laughs> fresh air, as we mentioned, getting out into, into, here we aren't allowed to bring the kids outside the house. So we've got to use, we can only go, you know, to supermarkets or, or pharmacy. 
so one of the hints, I think, is if that should happen or there's those on the phone in that similar situation, is to think about every space you've got in the house. Use a different corner every day for your coffee break or use a different, you know, use the staircase for story time. Use the, because <laughs> now you're getting to experience every corner of the house in a, in, in a different way. And my last tip is sleep early um, because uh, you need that a lot of extra energy uh, the following day. Yes. You know, for us internally, uh, you know, it just occurred to me that, you know, our reaction has has been uh, to respond with a degree of activity and intensity, um, either uh, in taking care of our teams, um, taking care of the company uh, at a time when what we do emphasizing gratitude is needed now, you know, more than ever. It's really hard, uh, I think, for all of us to kind of try and turn off for a minute. Um, and uh, so a lot of your, your your tips and advice is helpful for all of us. Like, it, it's not, you're not kind of cheating, as it were, to take a coffee break, uh, to take a walk. In fact, it, those are the things that kind of help you uh, take better care of your team, uh, allow uh, for, for moments of creativity where you're just kind of stepping away from it, you know, in its, uh, in its entirety. Um, I want to ask a, a, about something uh, else um, uh, that um, I hadn't planned on discussing, but it occurs to me just hearing two of you talk. Um, is this have, uh, making you rethink leadership, you know, at all in, in the way that um, either you've defined it or we as a society have defined it? Are you at the early stages of that, and, and whether you're out on a walk, Derek, or you're thinking uh, about leadership, what that means in a time like this? Yeah, I think, you know, as we, as we mentioned earlier, there's no doubt about it that um, human connection is now more important and more in the spotlight than ever. And I know we're being told to have social distance. And I love uh, Natalie's uh, you interviewed her earlier in the week, Natalie's analogy that we shouldn't, we should be talking about physical distance as opposed to social distance. Um, so for, certainly for me, I mean, my leadership style, I think, has always had a large degree of focus on the importance of human moments and connection. Uh, but it certainly made me reevaluate how can we leverage that even more now? as we create the new normal, um, you know, we don't have to go back to exactly where we were before. Um, this is a unique opportunity as we will get through this uh, together to create a better, uh, more connected, more human, more sustainable society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then perhaps, uh, you know, the way that things were before is what led to, to this current circumstance. Um, when, when you kind of look at the history of of how this all unfolded, you know, there's a harsh reality to face. You know, as a as as a threat, viruses are not new. Um, I lost my great grandparents um, uh, who had immigrated uh, from Ireland to the flu pandemic uh, in uh, 1918. And there's a lot of families, you know. You know, and then in more recent times, Ebola, Zika, H1N1, um, SARS. I mean, this, you know, reality is humanity we could have been better prepared. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, with leadership. What are your thoughts about leadership, Lauren? It's funny. I think I'm, I'm probably in the beginning stages, but, uh, you know, I've got a couple of different teams at Work Human. But 
I have a check-in with my legal team um, every day and, and I, where I would have thought previously and said that, that I definitely was a leader that, that was inspired and, and sort of driven by human connection. I'm realizing that, that the pace of things previously, especially in the, in the world of supporting a company from the legal perspective, right? Contracts and those kinds of things are obviously often time sensitive. Um, I never had the opportunity to check in at the level and the depth with the folks on my team as much as I have now. And we have definitely taken more time to get to know each other's backgrounds and, and hold up our children or, or have our children join us in the room and pets and those other things. Um, so this is definitely causing me to, to kind of rethink how much connection, how much personal understanding should be part of, of the right kind of leadership. Yeah. And lastly, what is the one thing that uh, you're grateful for? Well, we've, we've mentioned them many times. It's the brave folks that have to carry on day after day in, in these circumstances. I mean, we can work behind a laptop, but the people out in the in the field, the medics, the nurses, you know, the funeral care, uh, the funeral uh, workers, the police, military, the people in my local supermarket who are behind a glass, you know, barrier as they're checking you out, the people in the local pharmacy. I think it's the people who are, you know, having to actually be out there regardless. Yeah. I think I'm grateful for, uh, other than my Peloton, which is behind me and has kept me sane as well, um, are my colleagues at WorkHuman. We, we've all been through all of the different kinds of growth stages at this company, but, but weathering the storm with this group of folks has certainly helped. That's true, for sure. Yeah, and so those, as, if that, as I've been thinking about that, of course, family, um, you know, your own family, um, uh, but my thoughts are exactly where the, the two of you are, you know, the frontline workers. You know, I, I grew up in a blue collar working class town in Massachusetts and these folks on the front lines were who I saw every day. Uh, and so I, I just in over the years always had that kind of appreciation for, for what they did. And it manifests itself in like, like small ways. I, even to this day when I'm in a situation where, uh, you know, someone is serving me and they have a name tag on. I always use their name when I address them. It's just a way of kind of saying, I see you. Uh, and boy, is that ever true now for us all to say, uh, I see you uh, and the importance of what you do. Uh, and then I, Lauren, I had the same reaction too about um, uh, us collectively, you know, our teams, uh, our, our, our colleagues, uh, you know, just this, the spirit that you don't have to ask for. Which, which sometimes gets overlooked. We don't really have to ask people uh, to bring that forward. It's kind of part of who we are uh, and, and part of how we respond. And that should not uh, be taken uh, for granted. And lastly, of course, I'm very, very appreciative for, uh, for the two of you. We, we talk, and, and I don't think the three of us have ever had an opportunity to kind of sit down and talk like this. Mm -hmm. uh, we have individually, uh, uh, certainly. So I'm appreciative for those small things as well. So thanks for joining today uh, and uh, onward and forward. Absolutely. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks, Lauren. Take care. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And a special thanks to my colleagues, Lauren Zajac and Derek Irvine, who you can tell from our conversation, uh, they're quite busy managing a lot of things, as are all of us. But I hope that that conversation provided some insights and perspectives on how we can best and better manage both ourselves and our families and our work situations. So for more thoughts, perspectives, and advice, 
uh, feel free to visit us at workhuman.com where you can see this conversation, uh, but our entire uh, video series uh, that is focused on keeping work human. And certainly if you have any comment or question about uh, the series or thing that you'd like to see, feel free to email me directly at steve at workhuman.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.